<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Well, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina. This is Prime Time. The U.S. Capitol shut down last night. We were there on the ground. In fact, some of us are still there. The vice president reconvened the joint session of Congress and worked into the wee hours of the morning to make sure that Joe Biden's electoral votes were counted and confirmed. Now, you've rarely seen Congress work so hard and so late into the night. We also saw some senators and congressmen decide after the incident at the Capitol yesterday, election integrity all of a sudden no longer mattered. Some congressmen and senators who were going to object to the electoral vote count suddenly changed their minds. Miraculously, that didn't matter anymore to them after weeks and weeks of saying it did. So this begs the question, did they ever truly believe that there was a problem with our elections at all? Did they suddenly believe the election was pristine and perfect after days of saying otherwise? Was there or was there not election fraud? Were there or were there not questions about election irregularities? Why did those concerns evaporate into thin air for some politicians yesterday? I don't think many are surprised to find out that most politicians are missing a backbone. We're told that the FBI is now pouring over all the pictures and videos and using facial recognition to identify and arrest the people who broke into the U.S. Capitol. But wouldn't it be nice? If the DOJ would do the same thing with the surveillance footage of the election fraud at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta on election night? Or maybe the DOJ could use their resources to examine that video to tell us how many fake ballots were run through the machines there. But check out this video. It's from Twitter user, user Emma Wright. And you can hear Trump supporters booing and yelling at a man who was breaking out of a window. And you can see others trying to physically stop him. And saying no Antifa. Um, of course, there were Trump supporters who I believe were there, who were at least witnessed to the destruction and probably part of it. There were definitely leftists involved there, too. But that doesn't fit the media narrative. The mainstream media is telling us that moms who I spoke to and met, who drove their children thousands of miles across the country to come to a Trump rally, are actually violent rioters who came to destroy the U.S. Capitol and destroy our democracy. Does that sit with you? Over the past several months, downtown Washington, D.C. burned and was destroyed by leftist rioters throughout the summer as law enforcement gave them room to burn and loot and destroy. But now that the Capitol was breached, suddenly the politicians care. It's amazing. They didn't care when private businesses were being destroyed just blocks away from the Capitol. Whole livelihoods in the gutter now. Businesses created by immigrants and people who couldn't afford to lose their entire businesses. I watched an Uber driver cry because he saw his friend's businesses completely destroyed the very first time 
We drove back into Washington, D.C. with him. The establishment politicians gave a collective yawn as our monuments were toppled, but all of a sudden the grandeur of the Capitol is all the news media wants to talk about. They barely noticed when a beautiful church was burned right across the street from the White House itself. Here's a great meme that was shared last night on Instagram that shows pictures of the D.C. riots this summer. And the media praised those violent rioters as freedom fighters who are fighting the racist police. But if you sit in Nancy Pelosi's chair, you are a dangerous rioter who is a threat to democracy. And if you are a president who has had the election stolen from you, according to the media, you're also a threat to democracy. I've heard all day on the mainstream media that the president has now lost so much support because of a few bad actors in the U.S. Capitol. But the president is clearly not being abandoned, at least not by the majority of his supporters. A few politicians turned against him in the swamp and really turned out exposing themselves. But what the media didn't show you is the biggest crowd I've ever seen for this president. It's funny, they called it thousands of supporters, uh, when I think they said around a thousand supporters, I even heard that on the news media when they were reporting about the rally, and then later on when they were reporting about the Capitol and all of the chaos happening there, then it was tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of rioters. Funny how the stories and the numbers even change when the news media reports what they want to say. Just because a few swampy DC politicians have stopped supporting the president, it doesn't mean that everyone has. So for those of you out there watching right now and feeling alone, I guarantee you, I was just on a flight back from Washington DC with about 200 very, very um, excited to see what happens next kind of patriots who were still cheering and still very alert and still very wide, wide awake and still very excited about the MAGA movement. All right, let's go around America to our hosts and correspondents where all the action is happening. First to Carrie Sheffield in Washington, D.C. She has a report on the media's handling of the events at the Capitol. Go ahead, Carrie. Thank you. Hey there, Dr. Gina. Yes, want to give you an update on what we saw on my program this morning about this conversation about who was instigating the violence and the tragic scenes that we saw on Capitol Hill yesterday. So there's an ongoing debate about whether Antifa or some form of agitators, anarchists, infiltrated and were at the forefront of what was happening with the breaches and the broken windows, et cetera. And then Bernie Carrick, who is the former NYPD commissioner, he joined my program this morning. He tweeted out a statement saying that President Trump supporters, they were actually pulling away Antifa terrorists away from the building. There are plenty of videos. Why isn't the mainstream media reporting? This video in particular that he tweeted out had someone who was shattering or attempting to shatter the Capitol window and was being pulled away with someone who was wearing Trump paraphernalia. And so the argument here is that, yes, there was some sort of evidence of this. And this dates back to 2016 when even the New York Times reported, this is based on a video from Project Veritas, that there were two DNC contractors working for the Hillary Clinton campaign to get her reelected, basically saying they were plotting to incite violence at Donald Trump rallies in order to make Trump look bad. So this has been ongoing. I had a former D.C. police officer on my program also. He said that there were warnings that this was happening in 2020 as well during the Trump campaigns. And he shared with us this visual. This is uh, an alleged Antifa flyer encouraging Antifa supporters to dress and infiltrate in camouflage. This is going to be an ongoing part of the investigation. The FBI is asking for help to identify who it was that breached the Capitol so that they can be held to justice. Back to you, Dr. Gina. 
and no doubt about it, they should be held to, the, to justice as all violent rioters and anyone who breaches any of our uh, public buildings like that or trespasses on any property at all for that matter should be held to full account of the law. Thank you so much for that, Carrie. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Bernie Carrick, Commissioner Bernie Carrick, will be on this show tonight along with John Solomon and Pastor Daryl Scott. And many of the things that you're mentioning, Carrie, we're going to be going over with a fine-tooth comb on this show tonight as well. Now over to our Real America's Voice headquarters in Denver to Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what do you have tonight? Well, Dr. Gina, last night, Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio touched on the realities of yesterday. Rubio publicly denounced the violence, saying it was one of the saddest days in our nation's history. The storming of the Capitol was inexcusable and that we looked like a third world nation. And I agree with Rubio on all of those statements, especially the third world comment, because this is why we are where we are, because those in power decided to implement a voting system started in a third world country for our elections and they saw that that was appropriate a move that has now created many american voters to have little to no confidence in our elections not to mention the blatant censoring of conservative voices and the constant attacks on an american president by the mainstream media which has created the hostile environment we have now and it's been a plan in the making for years it's just finally came to a head with president trump's administration yesterday's storming of the capitol no matter who did it it was a response to the continual proverbial poking of the bear that has been allowed from Democrats and the left, along with not addressing the questions being asked about our November presidential election. Why has the request to verify signatures have been ignored time and time again? How does anyone think that recounting will suffice when the same possible fraudulent votes are being recounted? Of course, you're going to come up with the same results as before. Do they think the American people are that stupid? And that answer is yes, they do and the Americans are done. The requests have fallen on deaf ears, so the bear, which has been pushed into a corner, had nothing to lose and finally attacked back. Whether you agree or disagree with the attack is not the important part. What is important is this is not going away and will continue no matter who is president of the United States because the problem started way before President Trump and it will remain after he is gone if those in power don't take the time to actually prove there was clearly election fraud in November or there clearly wasn't. And Dr. Gina, even Turkey, not exactly an ally of the U.S., says President Trump's presidency has ripped back the veil to reveal the ugliness within the U.S. and that nations shouldn't look down on other nations whose citizens are fighting for democracy, but instead mm. should understand and emphasize that all societies are fragile and that is the true and that is true for all countries around the world. Hmm. Wow, Jessica, it really, really powerful words. Thank you so much for giving them on this show tonight. Absolutely. Right now over to Ben Burkwam in Washington, D.C. Ben, what does Washington, D.C. look like tonight? When I left uh, this morning, actually, we gathered at Harry's, as we will often do, on the corner there in Washington, D.C. Uh, lots of patriots were still very fired up, but they were laughing. Uh, they were happy. They didn't seem all that upset. There certainly wasn't any sort of strife between anyone who believed other than, you know, often, Ben, I feel like I'm not going to say there's not a great divide out there. I'm not pretending. But I will say that the violent divide that is so often mentioned and, uh, and used for clicks out there in social media and the rest of media, when you're down on the street and you're walking around, 
people are having conversations, they're conducting business, they're living their lives as usual. A lot of that, sometimes when you can just get out, if you can, and in Washington, D.C., of course, the mayor's been ridiculous and shut everything down at 6 o'clock and shut the surrounding uh, Virginia's even shut down. The governor there shut that down. There's no food. There's no drinks. It's, it's impossible to get much done. But, um, but, you know, when you really talk to real people, Ben, life can seem pretty normal. So tell us what it's like, what you're experiencing tonight. Well, I will say uh, it, uh, life seems normal pretty much all around the world or all around the country. Uh, but Washington, D.C. is one of those places that has been living in this uh, you know, state of lockdown for months now. And you come here and it just feels desperate, desperate. The place that should be such a, a great you know, memorial to our founding and to our country and to our freedom and our liberty is the exact opposite of that now. We have uh, these, uh, these uh, curfews now. They actually, several people got arrested last night. Most of the arrests that actually took place yesterday were because of the curfew, uh, not because of what happened at the Capitol. And what, uh, to what Jessica was saying, you know, I, I talked to so many people on the ground here, and what I heard over and over and over again was, we've tried talking to these politicians. We've tried talking to these people, and nobody listens. Our president was, has been under attack for four years and nobody listens, nobody is held accountable. We've, we've seen what happens with the two tiers of justice, the, uh, the Russian hoax and the quid pro quo and all of this, well, all of these people should be in jail and nobody is. And then you had COVID on top of that and they've destroyed our businesses. We have nothing left. They're telling us we're not essential. And then they steal the election. What do you expect? And, and this is what I'm hearing from so many people. Now I will say this, I was just down at the Lincoln Memorial a few minutes ago and they were singing the national anthem and they were chanting USA and there were immigrants that have become American citizens from all over the world out there. I spoke to one man who was crying, tears in his eyes. He had three young children with him and he said, I came here for freedom and they're trying to take it away from us. And so this battle that we're in for the future of our nation, it is only just beginning. And no matter what happens in these next few months, the resolve of the American people must be to restore the values that made this country the beacon that it has been to millions of people around the world. Otherwise, if this nation falls, the world falls. And unfortunately, there are many people within this city and around this country that want to see that happen. And they have the nerve to come out as hypocrites and say what happened last night was worse than what has happened all summer long. Like you mentioned, we I'm, I'm a block away from what they call BLM Plaza now, where they burn that church, where where uh, buildings have been boarded up for six months because of fear of Antifa, BLM, rioters, and terrorists. And yet the same fake news media out here, many of them in this swamp, uh, refuse to say that. But yet what will they do? They'll come after President Trump when he had nothing to do with what we saw yesterday. In fact, the hundreds of thousands of people that were out there peaceably uh, assembling had nothing to do with it. And we still don't know who was instigating the violence. But what we do know is that the American people are fed up with Washington. And what we see going forward, uh, we will, you know, we'll, we'll be playing out in the days and weeks and months to come. Thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate you. Coming up, the mainstream media has their narrative for what happened at the U.S. Capitol yesterday. But luckily, we have real news from John Solomon and Just the News. And he's going to join us next. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now that the Republicans have lost control of Washington, there is a lot of finger-pointing happening. President Trump, uh, they say he should have been easily re-elected, and the Georgia Senate seats should have been safely in GOP hands. And through a whole host of errors and irregularities and a pandemic, it all went wrong for the Republicans. John Solomon has a pretty great analysis over at JustTheNews.com on how the Democrats owned the narrative and set the rules of the 2020 election to win power control of Washington. And John Solomon joins us now. But, John, before we begin, I want you to tell us about two pieces of breaking news yeah. that have really just happened. Go ahead. Yeah, first up, uh, there's a tremendous fallout today from yesterday's tragedy on the Capitol. The Capitol Hill police chief uh, just about a few minutes ago resigned uh, effective end of this month. And uh, his department has come under enormous scrutiny for the poor security, the sort of disorganized response, uh, the lack of planning. Uh, when you see people able to get into the chambers of both Congress within a few minutes, you realize our Capitol security was not what it was supposed to be. So uh, the chief is out, and I think you will see other resignations around the security apparatus of the Capitol in the next few weeks. And in the meantime, Nancy Pelosi has allowed a wall for the first time, this time around the Capitol. They've built a seven-foot fence around the Capitol, and uh, that's, uh, I find that a little bit ironic, but that's out there today. And then just a few moments ago, just as we were coming back from break, President Trump released a video where he denounced in the strongest terms uh, those who uh, invaded the Capitol, created violence, and desecrated one of the great institutions of democracy. And we are going to have some of that video content for you in just a moment. But, John, what I love about this network that is so different from other networks is that we try to delineate opinion from uh, the news. And you are just the news. You are that section of our network. And so, John, um, with your Just the News hat on, as it always is, just good and tight there, um, I want you to tell us, I'm hearing a lot of rumors out there, and I, I just want to set the record straight if there's any actual factual possibility to this rumor that, you know, the Capitol should have been better secured than this. Does that, is that at all suspicious, I'll get this out, suspicious, and is that something that should be investigated alongside all of the other things that should obviously be investigated? Yeah, there's no doubt. There is bipartisan agreement uh, uh, today that the Capitol Hill police let our uh, republic down yesterday with the bad posture. Now, the officers were doing a great job. They worked with one hand tied behind their back because they didn't have the preparedness. They didn't have the barriers. They didn't have the communication. They didn't have enough assets on the ground. It took a long time. We're hearing today, and I've confirmed with a Pentagon official, that a couple days before the event, the Pentagon offered more resources, as did the Justice Department, to send more to help you know, reinforce uh, the Capitol Hill Police. The Capitol Hill Police said, listen, we got it, no problem. They clearly made a miscalculation, uh, and uh, a lot of people are probably going to pay for it with their with their jobs. Well, and obviously uh, one already has, so we appreciate you reporting yes. that to us. Now, John, we do have the video queued up that the president uh, just released on Twitter, at least a portion of it. It's a few minutes long, so we can't watch the whole thing, but I do want to play this portion. Go ahead, please. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack 
on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now, tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Uh, that was the full video, John, but I, I'd like to get your reaction to that. Yeah, very presidential, very uh, appropriate for the moment that we're in. We're all still shell-shocked. And uh, a lot of people today have tried to make a lot of parson points on an, on an event that really should be above political uh, rhetoric and political attacks. And I think the president, you know, hit the sort of notes that I think most Americans want to hear. All right, I'm, I didn't, I'm not sticking around. I'm leaving. I know I have to go. I'm going to do everything I can to make Joe Biden's transition successful. But I'm also not leaving the stage. I think those last words are the words that his 80 million voters are going to remember. He's going to stay in the game. But at this moment, politics needs to be put aside and a call for calm, a call for uh, uh, patriotism, a call for working together to fix the problems that are still ahead of us. That's the right thing to do, and I think it'll be well-received across America. John, I also want to ask you about a story you had today at justthenews.com about Facebook. The headline reads like this. Zuckerberg says Facebook may block Trump indefinitely. Uh, John, we are in unprecedented territory with social media censorship are. here, are we not? Yes, we are. Uh, we have wealthy billionaires that control large parts of our technological infrastructure. 
able to decide what opinions get heard and what opinions get silenced. And that is not what our founding fathers intended. And the Zuckerbergs and the Twitters and the uh, those and the Googles and the YouTubes that censor information uh, with a clear political point of view in mind uh, are doing this nation a great disservice. While they use our communications infrastructure that crosses our public lines and our public streets, uh, our public airwaves, um, there is going to be a moment of reckoning for these companies. And the rise of such companies as CloudHub and and uh, Parler and uh, Rumble are evidence that people are frustrated. They're not going to take it anymore, and they're going to take their business and their free speech somewhere else. And I think that will be the big story of 2021, the revolution of Americans against the Facebooks and Twitters they loved, but for which they're now very frustrated by. All right, John, there's also a story at Just the News about Twitter locking down the president's account, of course, for 12 hours. Uh, they may shut yeah. him out of there for good. I predicted this for a long time that right after, you, have. Uh, you know, yeah, I have for a long time. I really you thought did? that yeah. just as soon. I think they will use him as long as they feel they could bilk money from him uh, by getting more and more followers on Twitter through the Christmas season and through the election season. And then I felt like they would um, block him because they wouldn't want his MAGA movement to be able to continue to the degree that they can block it. Um, but what are you hearing? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Twitter will have to make a business decision. And if they make the wrong decision, 70, 80 million of their engaged users may move elsewhere. Uh, there's a lot of posturing going on. There's a lot of um, political movement stuff going on today that really isn't about yesterday or the next 12 days, but really about can we put Donald Trump in a box after he leaves the White House the answer is you won't be able to because he'll assemble the same audience on some other platform. And I Twitter and Facebook will step back and have to make a business decision. Today, I can't tell you thousands of people on my Twitter feed, on my Facebook feed, and my email have been saying, I'm done with Twitter. I'm done with Facebook. I used to love it. I can't stand it. And they're going to places like CloudHub and they're going to places like Rumble. And, uh, you know, that's good. Competition has always been the greatest, best panacea in America for silliness, for uh, monopolization of the American economy. And I think 2021, there'll be a revolt against these uh, companies that we used to love, right? Everyone loved YouTube. Everyone loved Twitter. Everybody loved Facebook until they started picking winners and losers and silencing our voices. The peace and reconciliation that the president mentioned, John, is that possible? I do. You know, I think Americans are uh, a remarkable, resilient uh, people. And yes, we've had a tough election. We have a lot of hard feelings, particularly the 80 million whose voices keep getting dismissed and uh, called baseless. Their concerns are always called baseless by the arrogant elitist media. They have real concerns. And at some point, some people are going to have to listen. I think you'll see a moment right after the inauguration where we'll all inhale and exhale for a little bit, calm down a little bit, reset the, the battleground and get back to the business of America's governance and also the next round of politics. What policies do we want to pursue? That's why I wrote the story I did today uh, about where Republicans go next. There's an enormous opportunity for Republicans to create a narrative, to retake back the election rolls that were stolen from election uh, legislatures, from the state legislators. So much opportunity. It just requires work. Less, um, less vitriol and more work, I think, in 2021 will do us all pretty well. All right. John Solomon of JustTheNews.com. Thank you so much, John. Now, coming up, Pelosi says she is ready to impeach the president again. <laughs> but why would she do that with only a few days left before the Biden inauguration? I have a theory. I'm going to tell you about it. Coming up next, more Dr. Gina Primetime. Don't miss Pastor Scott and Bernie Carrick coming up. Stay with us.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. So back to Tina Primetime. Left is out for blood. The story over at JustTheNews.com says this. Pelosi says House ready to seek impeachment if Pence doesn't invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump. But why would Nancy do this less than two weeks before Trump leaves office? One theory is that they fear the president and the MAGA movement behind him. And they know it will only get bigger and stronger in upcoming elections. The mainstream media didn't show you, but yesterday in D.C., hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters flocked to Washington, D.C. and stood in the freezing cold just to catch a glimpse of their president. Look at that. The left is outnumbered. They may control the apparatus of power in the mo- at the moment in D.C., but they saw how many people are willing to show up for this president in the cold and the rain, and they saw the 74 million real votes that he got in the 2020 election. President Trump is without a doubt the most powerful political figure in the world, and that won't change after the inauguration. The media has been trying to get Trump supporters to abandon him ever since he came down that escalator, remember? But it hasn't worked. His popularity has only grown. This president received 12 million more votes in 2020 than he did four years ago. Just think how many more votes he could get in 2024. And that's what keeps the Democrats awake at night, I can assure you. Impeachment and removal from office would bar him from running again. Some politicians in the swamp are abandoning Trump now, but his supporters, that only deepens their convictions because they see those whom they never trusted anyway exposing themselves. Here to discuss, uh, we have Trump 2020 Advisory Board member Jason Meister. Jason, good to see you. Jason, the media says that Trump is losing supporters by the minute, but do you believe it? No, Gina, I don't. Um, Look, thank you for having me on your show. Um, Pleasure. Look, they're trying to extinguish the movement that Trump put together. They're trying to extinguish this unbelievable love movement, this MAGA movement, um, this revolution, frankly, and the, the fact that he's exposed so much corruption in our government uh, from every single department on down. And I think that that's what scares them, is that this president has really uh, found a note in the American people. He has um, done so much good for this country. Um, and when you look at his record before the coronavirus, you see that this president has really, really one of the greatest presidents we've ever had in modern history, uh, maybe even in history. And I think they want to extinguish us. They want to extinguish everything that we are. And that's what you see with big tech. That's what you see with the liberal mainstream media. Uh, and that's what you see with all the censorship and everything they're doing. I think that Nancy Pelosi is just trying to finish that off. All right, yeah. Um, I want to bring in the host of SmackDown, seen right here on Real America's Voice on Saturdays at 7 p.m., Pastor Daryl Scott. And um, Pastor, you know, I just want to ask you your opinion of the events of the last few days and then Nancy Pelosi's actions in deciding that for whatever reason, here with just days left of the Trump presidency, at least the first term of it, um, she, he needs to be impeached, she says now. Oh, 
we still don't have we still don't have Pastor Scott. We're working on him. Sorry for the technical problems here. But uh, Jason, um, continuing with you now, um, do you think though that this has more to do with their fear of this president? or with any sort of actual conviction on the part of Democrats right now, especially having to do with the violence or something like that? Yeah, look, I, I think what, 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 they're, what they're most afraid of is the movement that Trump created, this unbelievable movement over the last four years. Um, when you think about what he has accomplished, Middle East peace deal, securing our border, building over almost 450 miles of, of border security wall, uh, physical structure, you think about the, the unemployment rate that he brought the African-American community and the Hispanic community to record lows that no Democrat has ever accomplished in any, even in two terms. Um, and so I think that's what they most fear. And they're using what happened yesterday, which was despicable. We can't decide what happened yesterday should be condemned. What happened over the summer with BLM and Antifa every single day, burning down cities, uh, burning down businesses, killing innocent lives. That all happened then. Speech tonight that he just released a couple of minutes ago really was powerful and unifying, very well done. That was how you unify this country, as opposed to what Joe Biden did today, where he basically called every Trump supporter, the 75 million Americans, patriotic Americans that voted for this president, basically terrorists, uh, and basically said that the people that stormed the Capitol building represent all of us. That's what they're doing. They're painting a broad brush uh, on the Trump movement. Yeah, this is interesting too, Jason, because you know I, I was I just spent a lot of time down talking to Trump supporters, and I would and I always say this on this show. I would love to have um, anyone reach out to me if you are a, a Biden supporter or an I don't care who supporter, but not a Trump supporter, and you want to come on this show. I'm happy to give you uh, you know time on this show. Um, we try very hard to get a balanced audience on this show, and I would love to have as many Democrats and others as I can get on here. But uh, having spent time this week in particular in um, in, in Washington, D.C., and talking to patriots, um, I heard a lot of stories about them, you know, for example, getting on airplanes and being, I, I heard one guy getting thrown off literally, literally, he did nothing wrong. He had his mask on, had it above his nose, had, you know, nothing wrong except he had on Trump gear. Um, I just wonder how long it will be before people are considered terrorists simply for their political opinions. This is getting scary. I want to see if I have Daryl Scott on the on now yet. Can we try to bring him in? Pastor Scott, can you hear me okay? Loud and clear. How are you? Yay, there we go. All right. So uh, so this is the host of SmackDown right here, 7 p.m. on Saturdays, Pastor Daryl Scott. Um, how long will it be, Daryl, before we are, um, you know, banning people off of airplanes or uh, castigating people as terrorists simply for their political opinions. It doesn't seem like we're as far away from that as we were at one time. Well, it seems as if the Trump supporters are the targets. They're not banning Republicans or Dem especially they're not banning Democrats, but Trump supporters, anyone who has any visible sign of support for President Trump is being targeted, vilified, ostracized, and... Um, and castigated simply because we support the president. And that is what is wrong, and that's the climate that the left has uh, produced here in America, that it's okay to ridicule, to be hostile, to antagonize, to be adversarial against Trump supporters. 
every other segment of society we have to be engaging and hospitable to. But Trump supporters, they're trying to, you know, brand us as uh, detrimental to the American society. And they try to uh, produce the sentiment that it's okay to target, to um, antagonize, and to criticize, and to oppose and be adversarial towards us. And that's what's wrong. They marginalize Trump supporters and making us like we're the villains and we represent everything that's wrong in this society, and that is not true. Jason, when you look at the way that uh, the folks who looted and burned the businesses, uh, you know, took away lifetimes of, um, you know, savings and investment in companies uh, that, you know, small business owners had worked hard to achieve, and then they were all burned down. When you look at the way the folks who burned down uh, who pushed over the monuments. We saw this over and over again. People were killed, and immediately, uh, anyone killed at a BLM demonstration, any police officer who in any way threatened or endangered someone at a BLM protest was immediately, immediately called a racist. Um, you know, we have a, a, a young woman who was shot point blank in the neck. As far as we know, these are the only details we know right now. Um, we've, we've all seen the footage, absolutely horrible. We will not be showing it on this show because this young woman has parents somewhere and I simply won't do that to them. Um, but, um, you know, she was blamed. She was blamed. The victim was blamed in this. Now, I'm not saying she didn't need to be stopped, um, but this woman was a veteran. She was obviously a patriot. Um, she listened to Q. That's about the worst thing anyone could say about her that I've seen so far, unless you guys have seen something else, please tell me. Um, but as the details are unfolding, and there does, there does need to be more time in this uh, you know, for us to discover the details, and I'm perfectly open and want to hear all these before passing a lot of judgment, but I guess I'm seeing the judgment that the media is passing, Jason, and I'm seeing them say mm. it was her fault. She had to be stopped. I, I understand having to be stopped, but, uh, and I'm not a police officer, and I, and I respect our police and, and what they have to deal with on a daily basis for sure, and I thank them all the time, by the way. Um, but was shooting her point blank in the neck completely necessary? Mm. Can you not shoot someone in the, in, the, in, the, in the leg or in the hand or just someplace where you're not going to cause them to bleed to death instantaneously like that? Yeah, look, it's atrocious. It's a tragedy. And there's no reason why anyone should be blaming her for any of this. Um, the fact that the, the police officer, I saw the video, there is no reason for that, that shot. She was completely unarmed. Um, it's a travesty. Uh, the media vilifying her or blaming her is a They shouldn't It's dishonest. It's a narrative that they're trying to spin. And again, blaming Trump supporters. But look, at the end of the day, there really were significant irregularities in this last election. And I think we do have to understand and try to look back and see what's gone on over the last four years. Remember, we had an election in 2016 in which the Democrats did not accept the results. They called President Trump an agent of Putin, a Russian agent. It was based on that Hillary Clinton paid for and the DNC paid for. They then spied on Trump's campaign. They framed a three-star general, Mike Flynn, and this was no peaceful transition of power. So, so our our party, our movement has been under assault and attack for four years. And so we we go to the ballot box. Okay, there's significant irregularities. The president's up in the wee hours of the morning of, of, of election night in every swing state. Okay, and then there's all of a sudden this blue shift, miraculous blue shift. They weaponized the COVID pandemic. 
to, to change all the rules and regulations on how we vote. I can go to Walmart, but I can't go vote in person. And now you, you these people are so frustrated, okay? I'm not saying any of what happened yesterday is okay. I condemn all of it. Right. There's no, no political violence that should be allowed in this country. But you have to understand the frustrations of some of these people that they can't have their voice heard. They feel like they're disenfranchised. And so I, mm. I have to understand I think it's very important to understand the frustration that's going on on the Trump side. And there was no condemnation on the left and very little, frankly, from Republicans uh, when we saw all the burning and lo looting from the leftist groups. And yet everyone was so quick to condemn and indict an entire political movement before the facts were even unveiled. We don't even fully know who we do know, the only thing we do know is that facial recognition technology has identified several BLM and Antifa members. We do know that. Right. Um, I don't know, I have not personally seen where any specific Trump members have been identified yet. I imagine that will probably happen. I'm waiting for that to happen. I can, I can hardly imagine that all of that took place and there was not one Trump person who was overzealous and angry and was involved. So I'm waiting for that to probably unfold. Um, but as you say, the standard is just completely different because when we saw these violent acts, many people killed, businesses destroyed for months on end. The politicians, the media had very little to say about it and in fact, excused it and swept it under the rug. Daryl Scott, my final question goes to you. When you're told your vote doesn't count, when you're told your voice doesn't count, when you gather as hundreds of thousands of patriots uh, in Washington, D.C., traveling thousands of miles at your own expense uh, just to be there, what is the civil answer now? Well, you know, over the summer, the left established a new paradigm of protest that if there was anything you were upset about, anything that you uh, didn't like about this American system of government or society at large, you had the right to engage in what they called mostly peaceful protest. They stressed yeah. the First Amendment rights of people to gather and assemble and protest and everything else. And then when the Trump supporters exercised those same rights in what yesterday was a mostly peaceful protest, the outrage is right. there, the hypocrisy knows no bounds, and the left will stop at nothing to discredit this president discredit the right and discredit this movement. We had a right to stand up and let our voices be heard yesterday. Once again, it was mostly peaceful. Prior to the Capitol, there was a, a great uh, peaceful gathering. There was a lot of prayer that went forth. I believe the movement was infiltrated by agitators that stirred the pot. And as you stated, the entire movement is being blanketly condemned for the actions of a few. Because once again, it was mostly peaceful. Pastor Dale Scott, Jason Meister, Thank you both for being here. Don't forget, everybody, catch Pastor Daryl Scott right here on Real America's Voice every Saturday night, 7 p.m. His show is called SmackDown, and it's a doozy. Who said the word doozy in, like, I don't know, 10 years? That felt good. Coming up, there are videos on social media that appear to show the Capitol Police helping protesters get to the Capitol building. So we're going to watch them, and we're going to let you decide. So more Jack Docs for Gina Primetime coming at you. Stay where you are. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Several social media accounts have shared videos of the events at the Capitol yesterday, and it looks like some Capitol Police officers were somehow possibly assisting people who were trying to get into the U.S. Capitol building. Here to discuss, retired New York City Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. Commissioner, good to have you here. Uh, what do you make of these videos? Because I, I, there, there are so many videos flying around out there, uh, you know, and we're seeing all kinds of things. In this one in particular, we see this police officer sort of waving his arms like, hey, come on in. What, what's going on here? Oh, I think uh, that's going to be a part of the investigation for the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C., but, uh, you know, there, there's two there's two areas of focus. You know, somebody stormed the Capitol um, and the area. The other area is going to be that the police um, allowed people to come through the barricades to enter into the into the building. And you're showing two. I think there's actually three spots around the building that police officers, Capitol police officers that were on duty there opened up the barricades and waved people in. I don't know what their intent was. I don't know what was behind this. Um, but given the amount of violence, uh, the things that happened on the inside of the building, I think this is going to be a major part of the investigation conducted by the FBI and the U.S. Attorney. Should there be much more of a line of defense inside the U.S. Capitol? It didn't look like that many people made it inside the building, but it looks like they had the run of the house floor, and it also looks like the Capitol Police abandoned the building at some point and just sort of gave them free reign to roam around. People were taking selfies at the speaker's podium, wandering around Statuary Hall. How did this happen? Well, I, I think it's a lack of, uh, of leadership. I think it was a lack of preparation. Um, I have no idea what the police were thinking that let these people in the building. Um, and then you have antagonists, you have anarchists that got into the building um, that were extremely violent. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's premature to say. I think, you know, at this point, uh, everybody that's looking at this stuff is pretty much speculating. But given what I've gone through in my career, I can tell you that they were not prepared um, and what they were doing, letting these people in the building, uh, outside, opening up the barricades, is beyond me. And, and I think that's going to be a part of the investigation for the U.S. Attorney. Moving on, you know, just asking you, you know, we, we hear about investigations when there's violence, but we saw violence all over the place, um, you know, before this from the left. And yet we very rarely hear anything about any convictions or even even few arrests, really. Um, I, for some reason, I believe you <laughs> that there will be an investigation of this. Um, and I believe that if Trump people were involved, um, that probably there will be some arrests and we'll hear a lot about those. Um, but I doubt if, if, if it turns out that um, these were instigated by some sort of pre-planned organization other than Trump supporters, I don't know if we'll hear a lot about it. Why is it that so many of these investigations seem to just fade away? We never hear anything about it. No one is ever held responsible. Well, look, I think the thing that bothers me the most is back in May and June of last year, 
when Antifa and Black Lives Matter were burning down cities around the country, including Washington, D.C., where it looked like it was engulfed in total flames. Um, and nobody was uh, nobody was challenged. The police were almost invisible. Um, they weren't out there in full force. Um, it was a completely different environment. And last night, yesterday, we saw a completely different element, especially in the evening. There was a six o'clock curfew last night, 6 p.m., unlike any other time when they're burning down the city. And there were cops outside, hundreds of cops, basically taunting and and harassing Trump supporters. You know, they were standing around smoking a cigarette outside a hotel. Yeah. Well, Commissioner, thank you so much for being here. I'm so sorry we're out of time. Want to have you back soon. Thanks to all of you for watching live from Studio 6B. Coming up next, hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, live the truth. Good night.